Hey guys, this is the Thinkable Guys podcast, and in this very special episode, we are joined by an old friend of ours, Nikita, who is a creator based around sustainability and recycling, who also is starting a new in- initiative based around sustainability around fast fashion. Please, Nikita, introduce yourself to us. Hello, hi, hello everyone. Um, I am, well, my name's Nikita. I'm a 25-year-old from London. Um, and like Harminda said, I went to school with Hardy and Harminda. Um, and uh, well, Change Your Waste, um, it came around during the first lockdown. It was a surprise to us knowing that uh, you had a, a new sustainability page Nikita we would like to know like where did that come from so during the first lockdown I was trying to do plastic free July and um, it it was a concept that was fairly new to me as well because um, well I always knew that plastic is bad and I stayed away from but um, I had a friend well I have a friend Jasmine who um, introduced me to a lot of things that she was doing at that time, um, which helped me on my journey of self-driven research into climate change and sustainable living. Um, And it just came to a shock to me because, you know, we are living, we are witnessing that for the first time, human beings are changing nature and, we are changing the conditions of life. Um, mm-hmm. And for the first time ever, you know, we're using our resources in a way that we can't replenish them. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I think I went on Instagram trying to look for influencers that were, that could help me, teach me, that I could follow. Um, and I just couldn't find myself engaging with every anyone on Instagram. Um, why is that? Why? why, why um, what, what that I guess, I don't know. I found that a lot of them were vegan, which was a massive put off because I, I eat meat. Um, a lot of them only wore secondhand clothes and I was really into my um, fashion. And oh. um, yeah, I, I think when you follow these people on Instagram, they're so far in their journey and you haven't even started that it doesn't feel like, it doesn't feel achievable. Definitely. Where they, where they are. Um, that, I guess, led me to start my own Instagram. Initially, I was quite shy and I still am. You can probably hear it. I'm, I'm not someone who is comfortable being in front of the camera um, even this podcast is like a push for me, but I guess sustainability was that one thing that makes me want to push myself out of my comfort zone. And like I said, initially it was meant to be a fact sheet page where I was just um, going to make pretty posters, um, make, you know, um, funny memes about waste and rubbish and littering. Um, and then I just kept learning the, the knowledge that I was gathering from all these articles and the documentaries I was reading the, and I was watching. Um, I just thought, why, why not? Why not actually start recording myself and putting myself out there? It's very difficult. I found it very difficult to be in front of the camera. Hardy, I think I was telling you this the other day. Um, yeah. It, it takes 
hours to stand in front yeah. of a ring light. And uh... <laughs> yeah, it does, it does, it does. We've it's gone through it. We've gone through it. It's very hard. Like even for us doing a podcast, it's very difficult it's, sometimes. Right? I, I, I'm I'm red right now, and I'm speaking to you guys <laughs> over this software. Um, and there were times where I'd stand in front of a ring light and um, speak for like five minutes and just delete the whole thing because yeah, I've done that yeah times, you just, you know had to it's not happy with it just not <laughs> happy reason, with yeah. it but then yeah slowly I started doing videos um, I think my first one was just me introducing myself um, and then I started doing little tips on recycling um, I got a good friend of mine Jessica Kang who is Miss London I got her involved and we did um, litter pickup canal cleanup that was fun um, one of my other good friends she has a, um, a cooking page so um, I collaborated with her and we looked into um, sustainable cooking so instead of going to your Tesco's and buying fruits and vegetables from there which is covered in plastic you can go, you can go to South of Broadway um, support your local greengrocers and uh, buy well I, I guess for vegetables and fruits they already come with the natural packaging so you don't need that extra layer of plastic around them and that, that was the point we were trying to make um, hmm. I went I went for a little travel um, around uh, Greece uh, Czech Republic and Vienna and I kind of documented my um, my effort of being more sustainable so I find it very you know when you go on holiday you're literally on holiday mode work is off you're drinking at 12 p.m and it's you know you know you're not in the real world but um, yeah. even when I was traveling I just wanted to be mindful and yeah. um, I wanted to compare the difference I compared well you know the government policies on recycling and sorting in the UK as opposed to these countries and we think economically we're probably better off as a country but uh, the policies in place the general attitude of uh, of locals there was so much better towards sorting um, and recycling which was nice to see did you feel like is there's like a the UK is lagging behind the European countries oh 100% I think um, when you look at numbers it doesn't come across that way because um well on paper we are recycling 40 44 um of plastic or waste yeah um i think the eu target was 50 percent by 2020 so we're still not hitting that and that's a lot because um in one year uk produces 22 million tons of waste so that's a lot that's that is a, a lot, lot. Um, countries like germany the norwegian countries are a lot better at it um, but in the uk even this 44 percent is like greenwashing it doesn't actually happen in fact around the world i think only two percent of plastic packaging gets recycled um mm. wow. Wow. <laughs> and we i mean for me i know these facts and i still really prep my recycling bin each week and i put it out and it's it's kind of my like you know it's kind of this thing that i do and i take pride in it you know i separate my uh, my um recycling i'll make sure the yogurt pots are washed the glass is separated and it's all there but in the back of my head 
I know that this is not going where it should go. So actually only 40% of what we put in the recycling bin gets recycled. Um, and yeah, actually following up from what you've just said, how much of that actually gets recycled in the UK itself? Not much at all. Most of it goes to different countries. So, okay, let's just put it like this. We have, um, say, 70 million tons of plastic packaging, right? That's produced hmm. each year. Um, yeah. About 14% of that packaging um, will be um, collected from our recycling bins. So only 14% of what's being produced reaches our recycling bins. Okay. Mm. Um, and then 2% of our bins actually gets turned into high quality packaging. Wow. And from and the rest goes to The rest landfill, is incinerated. Then. It sits in landfills or it ends up polluting the environment, or, which is basically goes into the ocean. Mm. Which is probably the worst to be honest it's all it it all has this cumulative effect on our planet you know it's uh, by incinerating Mm. it your the fumes are going up by putting it in um, the ocean there's other devastating effects to it and even that two percent that i'm saying gets recycled it doesn't get recycled in the country It, it used to go to china and um so i think china used to buy like 10 million tons of plastic per year. Yeah. And uh, they mm. used to feed it into their, well, they still do, they feed it into the manufacturing process. Um, uh, you know, and but the issue was that we started sending so much of plastic eventually that it's just not sustainable. Even China can't sustain it as advanced as they are. So they actually had villages dedicated to sorting our waste that we were sending out away. And, you know, I've seen documentaries of kids actually playing in our rubbish. They don't go to school because they don't have school. So imagine being born and all you're exposed to is rubbish. And you're, you, you are brought up as a picker or a sorter, however you want to, you know, label that. And that's all you ever are. You don't get to leave your city, mm. your village. You don't get to go to school. You don't get to learn anything. You uh, you live and you die in someone's waste. And once you see something like that, how do you unsee it? Yeah, it's mm. it's very, very moving. Because uh, actually, uh, Nikita did forward uh, me and Harminder a documentary before this podcast you know for because we did want to have an insight as well um i i personally didn't know much about recycling um and what happens to it after recycled it and stuff like that i just wasn't really aware um but watching that documentary today i cannot believe some of the things i saw in there i I was really shocked by the fact that a lot of our recycling stuff and my mom was actually watching with me right and she was saying to me she's like this is ridiculous. She's like, I thought the p- stuff I put into our waste, uh, our recycling bins, she's like, I'm thinking that's getting recycled, but it, it's not even. It's like the government's playing like past the parcel in a way and they're shifting responsibility. They're like, oh, we, there's, there's so much responsibility here. Um, and it's also dictated by this, uh, like the certain schemes that like, you, you know, you get paid more if you're exporting rather than actually dealing with waste over here yeah. in the UK. Uh, which is all really bad as well. And uh, so when I saw that and I saw 
or kids in China, they, you know, and you said literally, like, like you said, they're playing with this waste and they're living in the waste. And it, dude, I, horrific. I, I have, I have seen not this one that I've shown you. I saw this one image, and I'm so sorry. This is so gruesome, and I should not be saying this, but I saw a small boy playing with a sanitary towel. And that was the moment where I I told myself that I, I can't throw anything in my bin knowing that someone else, a child, can possibly be playing with with that. Oh, shit. Yeah. You know, yeah, again, when you see it, how do you unsee that? And, you know, we like can't. you said, Hardy, you, you, we are just sending our rub- rubbish away. Um, the government is passing it on to someone else, so they don't have to worry about it. Do you reckon the government's now like so? Say, so, so now China's kind of banned the exports of rubbish. Now, do you think the UK is not going to? Because you'd think like the UK would see this as an opportunity to like make their waste processing in this country better. But has that been the case, or are they just shifting to a different country now? Yeah, so they are pretty much just shipping to different countries now. Um, yeah, in 2018, China suddenly woke up and they started imposing these restrictions on importing foreign waste, which, um, Hardy, you watched it yesterday. What is it called? Golden Sword? <laughs> yeah. Golden Sword. No. Yep. National Sword. Is it National Sword? Anyway, it's something. Oh, the, the, it's the, the thing that protects itself. it. itself. Yeah, I think I think it's just called sword. Something I think sword. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> um, I think it's national sword or golden sword. Anyway, but it's that's that's what it's called, and it was a movement against allowing this mixed um, waste being imported to China. Um, it just didn't do anything. We now send it to Indonesia. We send it to um, Poland. We send it to Netherlands, Turkey. Um, sad thing is that these countries that we are now importing our waste to, they don't have the infra- infrastructure like China. So the way exactly. they are yeah. um, processing or recycling the plastic now is really unsustainable. They're burning it and it's just bad. Like why recycle in the first place? You're going to basically export it, burn all that carbon <laughs> to send it to the other side of the world when they are going to burn it as well. And, you know, exactly. Um, yeah. Are you saying it's uh, it's safer to put our stuff in the landfill then rather than exporting it to a different <laughs> country? I, I think. I mean, you look. It's there's no there's no easy way. We can't just stop sending our waste away. That's the sad thing because we are a very small small country. Um, we don't have the labour to go through all this mm. and sort all of this waste for such a developed country with such a big population that produces so much waste. So we just don't have the jobs there, which again, why don't we, but that's another story. But, you know, instead of sending it all away, maybe we should start um, making small progress. Maybe we should have a processing plant in the UK. Maybe we should have five, you know, maybe Mm. we should have stricter auditing systems that are overseeing the type of plastic that we're sending overseas. You know, there there have been companies that have done that. This is not a idea that's coming from me. You know, people have thought of this in the past. But uh, like you said, Harminda, the the competition is too much. They are up against these exporters, and um, even if they spend all that money and recycle 
the plastic they can't do it cheaper than china Hmm. yeah they can't compete and so if you're a manufacturer who's making baby toys and you need virgin plastic you're going to go to china because they sell it for cheaper and you're not going to go for a uk company because i mean you know the cost is going to be higher because they spend more money in recycling their plastic yeah that's actually very true and i'm thinking here right when you say all this you know the government has you know to obviously do do with all the plastic and all that but let's sort of dial it back down to like you know back to the basics of us you know trying to be or us being more responsible with our plastic and our waste sort of thing so you know I, i know when we first like sort of spoke before recording you mentioned to me how you started implementing life changes to reduce the amount of waste that you produced personally yourself and then obviously you sort of passed that on to your family and you were like telling your family to also reduce the amount of plastic waste they were, they were producing so do you think that uh every if everyone was to just put a little bit more effort into these things uh maybe we can reduce the amount of uh plastic waste that's produced in the first place see the okay so when we collect waste and when we send it away um there is a factory that it goes to where it's sorted. There are about 20 to 30,000 people in this country that are appointed just to sort our waste. Okay. And I don't see the government spending more money um, and appointing more people to do so. So it's in our best interest to reduce their work. The more we sort our own waste, the less they have to do so. And yeah. the more responsibly we can hopefully recycle our plastic or plastic, uh, recycle our waste. Um, the whole point of telling people that, you know, what goes into the landfill isn't being recycled is so people can, so people can wake up to the fact that there's no point in putting things in your recycling bin. You simply have to reduce the amount of things you're putting in the bin. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, yeah I mean... There are so many things. When you go into Tesco's alone, you have an option. Do I want to pick up the peppers in that in that plastic uh, pocket with where there's three peppers? There's green, red, and yellow. Or do I just want to pick up the loose peppers? <laughs> you know, I stand there and I'm like, yes, but they, you know, they're so systematic and they look good with their colors and you know the way Tesco packages them cute you pick it up but it's bad it's so appealing they make packaging look so appealing now i know (laughs) as a child now you walk into a store your favorite sweets are the ones that are colorful that you know and this is a generation these kids are the generation we rely on they'll sort our planet out no they're not i remember you know i remember not going to costco i remember not bringing this many groceries to my house i guess standard of living has increased but drinking out of plastic bottles was never a thing when i was growing up you drink from the tap you know yeah i don't know how people were brought up but i know how it feels like to use soap bar a soap bar and not get shower gel and now i use soap bar How do you expect these kids to know how to use a soap bar? My younger cousin, she looked at the soap bar. She's seven and she looked at it. She's just so confused. How do you expect me to wash my body? 
She's so confused. Oh. Do you think like the packaging in the UK is like quite bad? And you feel like it could be more recyclable? Uh, you know, on my Instagram a few um, weeks ago, maybe or two or three weeks ago, I went to Lidl because I read so many articles on Lidl being the sustainable supermarket. Uh, they've really cut back on the packaging and... Um, you know they've they've got all these targets for the next 10 years to do even better honestly it was the same there was no difference it, it's there's no change there's no, no change, change no change in uh, the way tesco's package it sainsbury's asda aldi they're all the same um hmm. yeah the, my answer is no hominid i i don't i don't think there's a good way. I mean, of course, there are simple ways. You go to Southall um, and you buy your vegetables from these um, these shops, um, which they put in these little bowls instead of pa- uh, plastic packaging. It's actually pretty good, you know, that they do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's very good. You're helping local businesses that way as well. Yeah, and it's really good that they do that. Um, another thing is I wanted to ask you, or you know, sort of get both of you guys' opinion on this, is obviously this year COVID, you know, big thing. Because of that, we were in lockdown for quite a few months, and I was seeing so many like memes. I want to say, or there was just so much I was seeing online where people were saying that oh, the world has become a better place now because no one's going out, <laughs> and you know, the so it was basically humans were are raining the planet so much that when you sort of keep humans at home you know while it just starts recovering and starts healing and you know sunlight's there uh, 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 there again animals are like you know roaming freely and everything again so do do you think that's true to an extent or do you think that um maybe this year the waste will be a lot lower because of lockdown and we might see a positive sort of impact of that i think um well one thing that has happened, in, well, especially in some major cities, like if you go to cities that are heavily polluted, they've actually have seen like a huge benefit in terms of the lack of greenhouse gases that us humans produce. I remember uh, reading something online about India, for instance, like some cities you can actually see like through the city now, like cities like Mumbai and Delhi, like you can actually see the like, stuff from a distance. It's like it's not surrounded by this, like, you know, this like, cloud of fog that was polluted like, air pollute, yeah polluted air I think yeah, I saw yeah. something on polluted Instagram air. that you can see the Himalayas from Punjab which you couldn't before not that I've ever been to Punjab but I, I remember reading that and I thought wow that's crazy um, that you couldn't yeah. see that before because the Himalayas hello like only the biggest thing that you should be able to see um, at the same time yeah I'm sure there's been huge cutbacks on uh, carbon emissions but um, at the same time, the PPE really concerns me because that's another thing I've seen been, been seeing everywhere. Mm, um, yeah. The face masks, the blue ones, pet peeve. <laughs> mm. um, <laughs> yeah, I think there's a give and take here. The main thing about COVID and this pandemic is what we want to do after it. And I think COVID mm. happened at a really pivotal time because that's when all the um, protests and um the pressure for climate change policies was you know was inching in prior to the first lockdown there were a lot of protests for climate change and oh. um, there are some deadlines and uh, targets that um, not just the uk but many countries around the world have to achieve and 
um, it's now what we do during COVID, during this pandemic, because this is just a time that everyone is more open to the current global climate and the issues. Um, because imagine being at home for um, a month, two months, three months, um, you lose value for a lot of things for example clothes um i went into zara the other day and i loved so many things the old nikita would just be like grab 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 but <laughs> but i one told myself that okay no you don't buy into fast fashion so i got my one top also where am i wearing it to it kind of changes my perspective on the things i buy now because i'm thinking Am I going to use this? Yeah. Because the way I'm living my life is a lot different to the way I was living last year. And two, is it sustainable? And I think yeah. people are starting to ask themselves the first question, which is, am I going to use it? But it's about time we start thinking about the second one as well. That's mm. very true. Yeah, yeah, because, I mean, you know, when you go on Amazon and you're trying to order something and there are two products that are the same price, or even if, the more if the sustainable is like two or three pounds more we should start making that effort to buy the product that's sustainable these are the small things that i wanted to implement through change your waste i mentioned fast fashion but um that's that's a big one because we live in this era where we see now we buy now and we wear now and then we throw away the next day mm. Yeah, we're just so overstimulated by material things that... Do you think it's a society problem? That we're brought up like this? We are brought up... I mean, I I don't think I was, if I'm honest with you. Uh, growing up, but I, I guess it just depends on, you know, each person. But I maybe had two, one or two pairs of school shoes. And I maybe had like four pairs of normal going out shoes. And until I break those shoes, I wouldn't get new ones. So maybe I had six shoes. You had you had four pairs of shoes. Oh my no, god! As a girl, I had six <laughs> shoes growing up. Like maybe this, like throughout maybe high school, and now I don't even want to disclose. If you if you're shocked at six, I'm not going to tell you how many shoes. I have a question. How many have you gone? I, I honestly haven't counted, but it's it's way above thirty. 30, oh wow. <laughs> it's like a bigger shoe shop. Yeah, it's oh, shocking. It's shocking. <laughs> where do you where do you store all your shoes? Um <laughs> so I have like a seasonal cupboard. So I have a cupboard which is big enough. Then I have some storage under my bed. So I have a seasonal cupboard. So when now that it's winter time all my summer shoes and clothes are under my bed. <laughs> And then when the season pushes. Wait, wait, wait. Was it, wasn't it like uh, last time Nix was like, she she stole some of her stuff in her dad's or parents' oh, room as well? <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I had to. <laughs> Sad. Guys, I'm changing my waist, actually. Yeah, at least you're trying. So you're, you're making an effort. No, but this is normal. And I do this too. And I have done this. Exactly. And despite of me doing this i want to be better <laughs> and um mm -hmm. we should all just be a Which little bit better you know um 
100%. Gosh, you make me sound so shallow. <laughs> no, do, do you know what? No, 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 no. In terms of like, it, when I when I first checked out your page, Change Your Waste, um, I remember checking out the first post and it was a factual post that you did. A couple of other posts after that were also quite factual. And then you see a growth in the kind of stuff that you were putting out there. Uh, you slowly started being a more... Um, I don't know, just more serious, aware. I think, about it, aware. more aware. And she was just so much better at um, putting information out there. And you, you say that you're shy and whatever, oh, but I am. You, you look so confident if, in your if videos. Like I made it to this point of the show, just compare me to the first five minutes. I was sitting here, I was having hot flushes and my voice was breaking. Like, <laughs> I'm not on social media because um, I'm, I'm confident because I know a lot of people are on social media because they're confident enough. For me, it was the other way around. I had a passion. I felt like I had to uh, just break myself out of my comfort zone. But but see, that's the thing. But that's what makes it so... That, that makes it, I guess, even more commendable. The fact that even though you might not be as comfortable doing the things you do on that page, but you still go out of your way because you're trying to make a difference. And I think that sort of stands out and that's what stood out to me uh, spe uh specifically when i was looking at your page and i saw this and i was like wait this is not the next that i knew like this yes. is complete shock i said that and i was just like but guys have grown up just, just give me a bit of i again i couldn't believe you've grown up i was like shit she's grown up <laughs> but again it's 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 so amazing to see uh, especially from like my perspective and how many uh, like uh, you know we've got we've been to school with her we've known her for you know I guess a lot of years um, she's she's no 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 she's matured as a person she's grown as a person by the way guys these... I was never terrible it's just what they're referring to me as I was just never this person who's like an activist or you know I still don't think I am but I've just been called an activist by my mom so I'm using this word now but uh... <laughs> <laughs> she called you activist in the start then. she called me an activist today <laughs> so I wanted to ask you like you know just out of like sort of curiosity do you have any like facts that you've sort of gathered over like you you may have done some research on these things like any facts that maybe me or Hamida don't know about or the people listening well I'm not gonna fact bomb anyone because I spent the longest time um knowing that I really really liked um this this field you know of sustainability of learning more about it but it I was always hindered from actually pursuing anything in it because of the fact bombing. But um, there are certain things that people do need to know about. As you know, you go into a store and you see something new. You go to Oxford Street and then you go to Oxford Street again after two weeks, the store will look completely different. And this modern Western consumerism, it has, it has a massive impact on our planet. These conventional fabrics that are being used by our H&Ms and top shops um, are very polluting. They use a lot of water. Um, they use fertile soil, um, pesticides, synthetic fertilizers. And as you can imagine, they have a huge environmental impact. Mm -hmm. You know, just like the yogurt pots that we throw in the bin, a lot of people throw clothes in the bin. Some people go give it to charity. Um, not every... A piece of clothing that you give to charity goes to a third world country to help someone or ends up in a charity shop because of the quality maybe sometimes it's not even worth 
um, for charities to ship them across because people donate at such when their clothes are absolutely falling apart. Falling apart, falling apart, yeah. Um, I've done it, you know. If we are going back home to India um, to donate clothes to our cousin, we used to have two piles, the cousin pile, which is like reasonably good clothes. These are the clothes, <laughs> these are the clothes, you know, you wear like once or twice, but you don't want to wear them anymore. And they're like, yeah, you know, they, yeah and like Gap hoodies and Hollister and all of that. But I just don't want to wear it anymore. I've grown out of it, whatever. You give it to the cousins and then there's just clothes that no one's going to wear. But then you give it to charity. And I guess there's, it's better than throwing it away. If we were just mindful of uh, what we're buying, um, it would be so much better for the environment. America's the biggest expo- exporter of cotton in the world and it uses unimaginable amount of water to grow the cotton it uses chemicals and fertilizers it's very difficult to find clothes now that use um natural dyes they're all they all use synthetic dyes on a huge scale um and this uses a lot of water again but it causes pollution and you know there are companies out there that are trying to be sustainable um we have to ditch this um let's buy today and throw tomorrow attitude yeah yeah i remember um from a personal experience like i think i mentioned to you guys earlier like how um about five or six years ago i stopped buying fast fashion yeah because when i like moved out from my home went to uni i took the clothes i had with me but then i realized like so i'm wearing, wearing these clothes daily different clothes daily i'm 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 changing clothes quite quickly i'm realizing after two three months where well, i need a new t-shirt because this was like shrunk or whatever like or I need a new set of like like trousers, for instance. And I started to discover, wait, why am I buying the clothes from the same store again every few months? Because I walk into Next or Top or Top Man every couple of months and everything just changes. And now I'm thinking, now I want that, now I want this. And I never really understood that until I kind of realized, well, if I can't find like brands that are like, efficient or, or sustainable then i'm just gonna find brands that are i can i can wear longer yeah. that what what really won't, won't really run out of fashion that way it stops me from buying excess amount of clothes from these sort of like fast fashion shops so i started to buy clothes from like different brands that had like brand power in it i know it's not the most sustainable way technically but in the long run that means i'm kind of reducing the amount of clothes i'm buying yeah yeah no a, yeah. a lot of people think that being sustainable having a sustainable wardrobe means it means um, like throwing everything out and then like literally having a whole new wardrobe from a sustainable Mm -hmm. brand and it doesn't that is the most unsustainable way of uh, going around doing things you know Um, the best way of doing it is again what you said is quality over quantity so Hmm. you know I would go to um, I would go to Zara and I would have a budget you know, we all have a budget in our head when we go shopping. I can buy one thing and that will be in my wardrobe for five to eight years. Or I can buy three things and I know by next year, I will either, it will be in that India pile or it's going to be in the, in the other pile that's going to go in the landfill. I just know it. I know myself enough. And if I know myself enough, then everyone does as well. Um, exactly yeah 
it's an issue that um, high street shops encourage um, and us high street shoppers we just go with it hmm. and you know everyone wants to look good with the latest trends as soon as a trend um, is uh, showcased on a catwalk and these high street shops they really bring it you know H&M Topshop Primark they will all have the same things if straight leg jeans are in fashion you will go into any shop and you'll find straight leg jeans it's exaggerated if I'm honest and these catwalk designs are being sold at such a low low price we should have clothing that's affordable right but I remember Boohoo or was it misguided they did this thing with a, it was a one pound bikini hmm. I, I mean can you imagine buying a one pound bikini <laughs> to be honest can you imagine how many people went crazy seeing oh shit there's a bikini for one pound imagine how many people probably went and got it's it, like, seeing um, it as it's like, like a Primark, good isn't it? when you go to Primark you see like shoes for like you know, quite cheap. Very cheap. I I remember, right? I don't, I'm not trying to sound like, like someone else or not, but like, I don't usually go Primark because I just don't go Primark because I never had one in my area and whatever. Oh. I just, like, no, no, not because, <laughs> because I, I just never need, I don't buy clothes that much really. So I just never needed to go Primark to buy clothes, right? Sorry, Harms, man. And, Sorry, we nah, and I never been like that. I don't buy clothes. I, I never don't buy, buy clothes. clothes that's I only buy expensive clothes. We didn't no, know you were moving no, like that, bro. No, Shit, hey, hey, I'm I'm against like in these companies. I only buy sustainability. No, you don't got to like, flex like flexes like. Nah, that, these man. companies are unsustainable, man. That's why. See, I'm, I'm I'm trying to benefit. You know, I'm trying to be sustainable, guys. Come on, what's, what's going on? I've got the sustainability podcast here. Come on, guys. Well, I'm just trying to say, like, I I was shocked to see like the price of stuff that are so like cheap but i'm thinking well if these are made really cheap then i can't imagine the process being made being really sustainable is it yeah no but i mean where are they cutting back cost where where Mm. do you think it is they're cutting back cost at um the sweatshops that these clothes are manufactured at so if you're selling a one pound bikini how much are you paying the person who made it now 10p no probably no no no, no. The, that's rich man be baller dude they make 10p Jeez, it's balling wow a week 10p a week mate a week yeah this is now it. think about the exporting think about them having they need to hire people in the warehouse in the sweatshops they need to get into a pallet they need to get onto a massive ship they need to export uh import it into the uk they need to pay for next day delivery to get that that one pound yeah. <laughs> bikini to your doorstep the next day i know it doesn't happen overnight but think about all these costs and you bought that bikini for one pound and chances are if you bought 50 of those that's going to come to your door for free in high school i remember there was a trend where everyone was wearing skinny jeans jeggings these Mm. were leggings Mm. that looked like jeans it was the most ridiculous (laughs) jeggings (laughs) jeggings don't don't get me started on jeans man i'm thinking where was slim jeans my whole life like (laughs) i lived my whole life with bootleg i'm thinking when is slim jeans like honestly yeah no i just can't see eye to eye with a guy that wears skinny jeans i just can't to be honest skinny jeans okay how about how about chinos is that different skinny jeans if we're getting tight, yeah. so that's okay. Oh, yeah, slim fits. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so that's fine. Yeah, yeah, I guess tight jeans are tight. tight. Oh no, no, no! That's ugly, man. That's yeah. bare. That's bare ugly, man. I don't like that. Yeah. It's crazy how we came from bootleg to skinny jeans. So no, but then bootleg is back in fashion. So it's, um, right now, um, 
bootleg is back in fashion uh straight cut is back in fashion and essentially that's what it comes down to fashion is you it's not h&m it's not zara it's not you know gucci um i don't i don't see it but if you can look good as a guy in really skinny skinny jeans <laughs> yeah then we go. Go, for it. go for it man yeah go for yeah, it that's you. do you boo but you know um but you know there are so many ways of doing it and um i was once sitting in a bar with a few girlfriends having a great time you know as you do um yeah. and uh one of my friends she was telling me how she upcycles a lot of her clothes um and she knows how to sew you know she does alterations and we kind of just sat down and again i i draw inspiration from people um um i think prior to that day i was so focused on my bin and what was in my recycling (laughs) bin and it just i my sustainability journey was not going to start with fashion because of the size of my wardrobe so it it came um as a shock that day um she opened me up to thrifting retransforming your own wardrobe to upcycling um altering your clothes to sharing your clothes with your friends which actually I've always done uh, me and my friends always share clothes but um from there we started waste clothing um which is sort of my new endeavor um, alongside Change Your Waste. I wouldn't call it a company yet because uh, I, I'm still trying to figure out exactly where we're going with it. Um, at the moment, I want to call it a movement. Um, um, yeah, which makes sense. Uh, and so you've sort of come up with waste clothing as a way to tackle or as, a, as, a, as an answer or a response to fast fashion. And have people come to you And told you that, okay, you know, I have these old clothes, I want them recycled and I want to, you know, sort of wear them again in a different sort of style. But I don't want to go buy something new. Has that happened to you? We are essentially, so maybe I should start off by explaining what we do. So we offer two services and one of them is that we have so far handpicked clothes out of our own wardrobe and you know how I was telling you summer wardrobe winter wardrobe these are not bad clothes these are clothes that have either never been worn because I've either missed my return uh, date to uh, return some clothes or um, <laughs> I've um, either gained or lost weight and my my clothes don't fit me anymore at first I wanted to just transform my own clothes I wanted to alter my own clothes my old dresses instead of buying new ones um just wanted to mix and match a few designs add a bit of patchwork make a jumper into a bucket hat make a dress into a bag and just play around with it um with Mm. my friend alex who is also my partner that i told you about i want to um make this more acceptable and yeah to a certain extent i don't know why there's a taboo um behind like wearing secondhand clothes for some reason um, Mm, which mm. I don't understand because again I have given my clothes like hand-me-downs I've received hand-me-downs I have my my uh, younger sibling and my cousin sisters have all worn my clothes so um, 
it doesn't usually happen within family like especially with asians we're very welcoming to our family members wearing our clothes uh, yeah then, um, at the same time some people are not comfortable with walking into a charity shop and buying something um and i don't know whether it's because it's just so much easier to go onto boohoo and buy a brand new outfit but i guess it is yeah. i get yeah i guess that that's where fast fashion kind of plays a part but um you know but you can buy so, a, a Ralph Lauren um cardigan for 25 pounds in a charity shop and i've i've bought a really nice one um recently um, I was just going to ask you actually do you go and buy secondhand clothing then as, as well yourself? recently I have um, again it's something that I wasn't open to initially um, I think it was because you go onto a website you go onto Boohoo, Misguided, Zara Topshop and you see exactly what you're going to get you see girls that look like you or are the same body shape as you wearing those clothes and then you see those girls glammed up you know they're wearing makeup they're wearing heels you don't just like the dress you're about to buy but you are now going to buy the heels and the necklace around her neck you know <laughs> and that's how it works consumerism that's that's how this it's all mind works. games yeah that's how the mind games and yeah that's where waste clothing came from uh, for the longest time i was my any time i would have a conversation with someone about sustainability um after every conversation i just get sad and i just say you know but thing is sustainability isn't sexy people don't see it as glamorous you know if i was doing makeup on instagram or if i was a pt and you know big up to everyone that does that literally anyone on instagram with passion with talent anyone should come use it as a platform to showcase that you're dancing you're cooking it's it's amazing i love what i see on my feed nowadays um but the thing about being um raising awareness about sustainability i felt like i was at a disadvantage because you're not doing things that are glamorous um so when we came up with waist clothing i was just so excited because i thought we're going to upcycle clothes and we're going to make it look sexy recycling will be sexy we will wear nice makeup we will wear nice heels and that nice dress and when we get there i want people to see it as a brand that's the aim and it's sustainable definitely Definitely. Sorry, guys, I'm boring like... you. Am I boring you with all this fast fashion? No, no. It's, <laughs> it's interesting. It's, it's, you know what? I'm, I'm soaking it all in. I'm soaking it all in. I'm I swear I'm about to go to a charity shop tomorrow <laughs> and just get back. I'm, okay. I'm out Listen, here listening. Uh, men's line coming soon. <laughs> hey, if you, need, if you need any models, we're heard. That's what I'm going to say. You know what, Hominda, for you, I'm going to double the price. <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. Honestly, it's, it's such a good incentive, I feel like, that you've got going uh, there. It's a very great idea. Uh, and I feel like if everyone was to just, you know, slowly, because I know it's very difficult to get into it straight away and start acting like this, that and the other and have all these changes in your life instantaneously. It's very difficult. These changes sort of, you know, take a, happen over time. But again, it's it's a bit of a change here and there. Uh, that you start implementing in your life and you actually over a long period of time making a bigger difference than you actually realize so I feel like that's definitely something that people should definitely take away from this podcast and from what Nikita is trying to put out there 
uh, and I really hope that Wii's clothing does get the recognition that it deserves, and I hope the best for it. Uh, and so does uh, change your waist. Also, if I may add, um, thank you for also kind of like showing us like the basics of cycling in the future and the problems behind it. Because for us, it's been education. For us, you've taught us so much about things that we don't really necessarily you know know so much about. So I like to thank you so much for like explaining recycle recycling and sustainability to us as well. So you're basically educating us as well. It's been so good for us to learn. <laughs> um no I'm, I'm honestly i'm so um flattered that you guys asked me to be on your show um because i know hardy you did like a poll or question on instagram like what should be what should the next post podcast be about what do you want to hear and uh, i just wrote sustainability because you know that's just what i do it's like my favorite word <laughs> so i went on then i was like yeah talk about sustainability guys it'll be fun i'll tune in and then you just messaged me saying hey do you want to speak about it so um i i felt so privileged that uh, you identified me as someone that could come on to your show and speak about something like this and um, I always say that sometimes honestly there is no option you have to buy something or you have to throw something or you you know um, but when you can help yourself just help yourself and there's um, power in um, numbers and tell a friend to tell a friend, not just about waste or uh, change your waste, but about what you're doing, if you are doing anything, if you're making any small changes, tell your mom, tell your cousin, tell your best friend, they're going to tell other people, because we don't, I don't want to scare anyone, but we don't have much time to kind of make these changes and actually make an impact. Oh, no. What, what do you mean? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, that's it's true. Before we saw waste this uh, beautiful planet away, you know, we should try to make it as sustainable as we can. So um, try to leave a, leave a good footprint, not a carbon footprint, but a good a footprint. footprint. Yeah, say. let's just do the best we can. It's only going to help our kids if we get into like somewhat mentality um, that we are going to cut back where we can and then the next generation is going to be much more prepared um, and then hopefully they can pass it on. Even if we don't see the devastating effects, which we will and we already are, but they are going to get the wrath of it and sometimes we just think, oh, I know climate change is real, I'm not a doofus, you know, I believe in science, I know it's real, but I'm not going to die from it, so it's okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) My dad says that. (laughs) What a great way... Of thinking. Yeah, but you know, my grandchildren might, and let me just <laughs> exactly. prepare them as much as I can. Yeah, let's let's hope that you know we can. Hopefully, and we can we can all we can do is hope as human beings. Um, let's hope that we can sort of make a better future for everyone, uh, our grandchildren and their grandchildren, and what you know. Hopefully, we can pass down the right information to everyone around us. Um, so yeah, on that note, I would like to thank you, Nikita, for joining our podcast uh, today. It was lovely having thank you as a guest you, on our I podcast. Loved it. Thank you, guys. Um, maybe yeah, we could. Yeah, sorry. Maybe we could do a couple of more like uh, collaborations down the line. If you have oh, anything uh, else you want to, always down to talk. Uh, talk you know. Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're always welcome on our podcast, and uh, wish you the best. Uh, wish you the best. Thank you so going much. Forward. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for enlightening us. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye.